RPG for You and Me presents Neon Heat, a duet actual play podcast using the Savage Worlds rule set in our custom cyber fantasy setting. Thank you for joining us, and welcome back to Caldonix. Previously on Neon Heat, the long-awaited cook-off begins, Athena and her group doing their best to assist Clint and thwart Mobius' attempts to tip the cards in his own favor. After the competition goes to a tiebreaker bonus round, Mobius burns his dish and Clint cinches his victory. The fanfare, however, is short-lived, as a Cory-laced cloud descends on the arena and a fear-induced scramble to the exit breaks out. Athena shouts her defiance and challenge to Zeev, the yellow-eyed mist conjurer, and hopes it's enough to draw his attention from everyone still stranded on the stadium floor below. conviction make your case we won the fucking cook-off that can qualify as a great success being that we set up this row of dominoes <laughs> in season one what episode six. six i think that's permissible we open on the shard and the pandemonium unfolding within. Athena, where are you? Walking foolhardily straight into a sentient vortex, it would seem. It's not a bad description. There's a swirling cloud of fog and mist, tendrils raking down amongst the stadium like the eye of a hurricane. Except there is no eye. So it's just hurricane. It's just a hurricane, all right. (laughs) Swirling above you like a hurricane, you can't see into this cloud, and you're watching as the citizens are being sucked up and away. You have just issued a challenge out into the ether. Probably also a foolhardy challenge. (laughs) Over the microphone that you are still holding. What do you do? What is your intention here? As the people are screaming around you in terror and confusion. Athena's intention in this moment is to make most likely Zeev that's who she's thinking is controlling this thing. To just be as angry at her as possible so people can get clear a little easier. So she wants to be a focal point. I would like for you to roll me a taunt. You get a plus two in your taunt based on all that shit you were slinging. Oh, good. I might need it. I have a d4 taunt. Resisted by his smarts. Okay. I got a four and a five. <laughs> oh, well, he blew up two sixes. Oh, boy. Into two more sixes. I'm not even Are making this up. Are you shitting me? Into a five and a four. I'm not going to re-roll that. So that's a 17. So, Athena, your words trumpet out, echoing through the stadium amidst all this confusion. There's almost a ripple through the cloud above you. What could be an inverted mushroom cloud shooting down from the center, exploding outwards across the floor of the arena as a slightly less thick mist ripples outwards. And as it does so, it completely obscures your vision. 
and it takes several seconds before anything clears, but when it does, you see a host of these amorphous, misshapen forms and dots of glowing yellow. Oh boy. Beginning to push their way out through this field of fog. At this point, could you please make me a notice roll at minus two? I surely can. Woof. That's a no-go. That's a one and a two without even the minuses. really dialed in. Yeah. She's been stress eating all today because it's festival, so she's a little heavier feeling. She ate like a whole hoagie right before this. We just get a shot of forms beginning to move their way out of the mist and Athena's stomach gurgling. It's going to be a rough one. (laughs) What you notice is that there are no specific sounds aside from this rushing air. There are people screaming all around you and the craziness of the crowd, but the forms that are taking shape in front of you are not making any sorts of noise as they begin to advance forward. Hmm, that's troubling, but she doesn't quite know why. Individual regulators and Cassians fording against the tide of citizens trying to flee to stand at the lip of the arena. So we sort of see both forces beginning to gather as it's very clear that something is not right, even though nobody truly seems to know what's going on. Oh, it's gonna be a bloodbath. So I'd like to handle this as kind of like a dramatic task combat mixture. Okay. Where we're gonna have a set period of time, set number of rolls, and we'll do some contested items and then I'll see what you want to do and how you want to work into all of this. Okay. So what I'll say is the intent of the regulators and the Cassians is to stop people from being sucked up into the vortex, but more predominantly to fight whatever these creatures are and keep them away from the crowd. Okay. So if you behind the scenes want to make some of those decisions and refocus their efforts in certain ways, that's perfectly fine based on what you think they would be doing or how their protocols would dictate they respond to the situation. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. There are a couple of groups at play here. I'll say there's Athena as an independent party. There are the regulators, predominantly ranged combatants. You Mm -hmm. know, they use quarry weaponry and tend to stay further away. And then there are the Cassians, who more often than not are found in melee. And then there's the creatures. Pavi's on the field. So from your vantage point, everyone that was on the field just disappears as soon as that cloud goes down. God... She trusts Pavi. She trusts that she would say something if she was in in over her head. You do get something in your head. I don't know what's going on. It's hard to see, but I'm going to try to get everyone out. You just keep doing that. I'm going to draw fire. All of it, probably. Good luck. Yep. So Pavi has her own task, which will handle on its own. And what I will tell you with Pavi's task is that it's a dramatic task broken into a couple of steps. And if she doesn't get complete success, we're going to randomly roll to see who she can't save. Oh, God. And it's going to be pulled from the group of people that were down on the field. And I'm going to make you roll it. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I'll tell you what the numbers are in advance and roll it. And we're we're just going to stick with it. As the forces are about to clash, if you want to directly try to assist the regulators and the Cassians, that's one thing. If you're going to be trying to do something else entirely, that's perfectly fine. But you will take point for determining how we're going to move through this situation now, based on what Athena's doing. She says into the microphone, There are still civilians on the floor. Some of these things are illusions. Some are not. Shoot wisely. Okay. She's drawing from her previous encounter. Yeah, yeah. That's smart. I'm not going to make you roll anything for that. Giving them that information might just give them a small bonus to their roles based on what they do. Nice. And how they deal with the situations. That's how she wants to direct them up front. 
Then I'm going to treat this like initiative. Okay. So we're going to deal out cards and then the different groups are going to act one by one and we'll go from there. Athena, Queen of Diamonds, Regulators, Two of Hearts. Oh, you guys. Cassians, Ace of Diamonds, yes. Monsters, Ace of Hearts. Last one, two of diamonds. Goddamn. And Pavi will progress her dramatic task when appropriate. So first we have hearts go before diamonds. The monsters are up. Misty creatures coalesce in front of you, and you can see their glowing yellow eyes poking through the haze, and then they just begin to surge forward across the arena and then up the walls of the stadium itself and into the stands where they meet the Cassians first because they're the frontline unit. Ooh, bad. Ooh. Bad for bad, people bad, or bad, bad for, for... Bad for Cassians. Oh, no. Yeah, so they've, uh, they hit not with a raise, but they blew up an eight on one of their damage dice, and they were wild attacking. So this is 20 damage to the Cassian groups. Oh, no. I had assigned them a toughness of eight. Eight is shaken, 12 is one wound, 16 is two, 20 is three. So the Cassian group is going to take three wounds here. I'm going to treat each individual group as a wild card during this fight. Okay. Each group has one Benny that you can use to either soak or reroll an attack or damage well, or anything. good golly gosh, I would love to soak that. The Cassian group is going to have D8 for vigor because they're... They're hardy. Would you like to roll for the Cassians? Yeah, D8 and D6. Yep, roll like a wild card. Blow both of them! Wow. Grit. Huh. Okay, so that's eight and six, so that's... 14. Success with two raises. All three wounds. Three successes. Yes, he soaked all three wounds. Whew. Excellent. That was a Benny well spent, Peckle. A bunch of shots of these creatures peeling their way over the lip of the wall. They meet firm resistance in the form of bladed weaponry and the snarling visages of the tunnel-hardened Cassians who've beaten back the monstrous creatures below more times than anyone can remember, so this is nothing new. And they clash together, these creatures with their tentacle-like arms picking them up, throwing them. Others have claws tearing into their armor, tearing leather strips away. The blades are carving through the misty shapes which dissipate and float back up into the mass above. One of them grabs the citizen, trying to throw it into one of the vortex, and we see a Karnak leap from one of the stands above and cleave through the tentacle with a sword, and the person falls back to the ground. Next up are the Cassians. What do you think they're doing? They're attacking. Okay. Attacking as much as possible. Cassians probably have a D10 in fighting, because oh, this yeah. is literally this is what they job. do. So if you would like to roll their fighting here. I'll roll black. And gold, because they in the tunnel. It's my logic. I'm now, if you want to do any wild attacks or things like that, you may. I don't want them to be vulnerable. That's fair. So I'll roll one attack. Makes and if sense. things get more desperate, we'll see. Sounds good. Five on both. Five will hit, but not with a raise. Okay. What's the damage? 2d8. 2d8? Above average strength and good weapon for that. <gasps> I blew up. 18 damage. 18. Okay, so I'm working with toughness five on these things. So three wounds right off the bat. More of these shots of the Cassians bearing down on these creatures, holding the top of the wall and tearing them to pieces. Tunnel-bound warriors clad in leather and bone harvested from the creatures they strike down on a daily basis with weapons to match. They fight with the knowing desperation that every battle is won for survival. Their weapons cleave and tear, sending the incorporeal shapes skyward in bits. And now it's your turn. What Athena wants to do, I don't know if I'll have to split it over two turns, but what she wants to do is she wants to cast Blast to make a lightning beacon up into the sky. 
because I don't think there would be one of those on a scheduled cook-off day to get more awareness and possibly back up to the shard. Okay. But she also wants to teleport up to the VFX rookery areas Mm -hmm. because she's thinking maybe that's where he's hanging out. Okay, sure. Because if she can rip out the root, everything else stops. Sure. Maybe. That's her thinking. If you want to do both of these, then it's going to be a multi-action. If we're doing them both in the same round, it's a minus two to both of them. Otherwise, you're welcome to do one at a time. I will do both at once. She's a very busy lady. I'm blowing up, Pickle! It's a good time for it. Yes, it is. Thirteen. Still a raise. And you're just throwing it up? You're trying to get it up so people could see it, right? What we had done before with Blast was when it exploded on contact with those knotters, it went up as like a flashy kind of extra deal. I I like that, but it was a flashy extra deal. Athena can certainly try this, but what's going to happen? Where do you throw it? Let's start there. She was just going to lob it into a group of encroaching things on the stadium seating. You can definitely do that. Go ahead and roll your damage for it. So it'll be 3d6. 24 damage. My god, okay. How I described it before was a baseball pitch, and I think that's more of the same now, but it has some extra purple juice to it that she's probably drawing on more than she realizes in the moment. Mm -hmm. She overhands it into the crowd. Mm -hmm. Well, where the crowd was. She really just wants to hit these guys. Yeah, you can easily curl it out there. It spirals past a group of Cassians who are fighting the creatures. There's a subsonic detonation as the pillar of light spirals upwards, and we get a brief flash, and then the misty forms are completely swept away and continue drifting back upwards. You watch the pillar of purple light stretch up into the cloud. It's almost like a lightning rod. The light smashes into the cloud itself, and you watch it ripple out in several directions, like veins streaking through the the cloud itself, and I don't know that you can tell whether it made it through or not. Well, that's going to have to do. She's going to want to teleport up to where she thinks she needs to go for the VFX area. Okay. Because I feel like she'd have some knowledge of roughly where it is. I think that's reasonable. Because you had previously said that you made a bridge leading out into the stadium itself, and that's where you were, you're sort of not like in the middle, but you're right on the edge. Right. So I think to get to the VFX area. It's a smaller arena today, right? Yeah, it's a smaller one today. So I think you're further away from it. So I'm going to say you need a raise to get there in one go, because a raise would be the equivalent of half a football field, right? And this is at a minus two. Yeah, that's a seven, so that's not quite good enough. That would be a five, that's a success. I think that would let you teleport up to a landing very close to the VFX area, but I don't think you can quite get there in one go. Hmm. That'll have to do for now. Next up, we have two of hearts, the regulators with the ranged weapons do not really have much to shoot at. Between what you've done and the Cassians, the tide has been stemmed in this first round here. So my thought would be the regulators are probably going to try to help people evacuate better. Yeah, or they're going to try to like stabilize the crowd. Probably some persuasion rolls. Yeah, I think that seems appropriate. I'm going to say regulators probably just have a D6 persuade, right? Probably. Like they're trying to encourage people. And I'll say that this is a panic-stricken crowd, the amount of regulators versus citizens. It's not a great ratio, so this is going to be at a minus two. Mm, That's not good enough. I think they're just going to have to eat that. I got a two and a one with my minuses included, so that will not 
do it. Shucks. Okay. So I think they're just going to have to be brave for a turn. The regulators, they have their firearms out. You can see their yellow badges glinting in the light and the misty vapors in the air. And they're looking around, trying to direct the crowd, waving their arms, shouting orders, firearms at the ready. But people are too panicked to be directed. And they're Understandably. Just, just trying to swarm towards the exits. What shadowy figure doing? <laughs> shadowy figure. I'm just going to roll... Oh my god. Blew up an eight into an eight. Oh no. Into a five. That's bad. 21. I always seem to blow up D8s the most. What happens is we watch the scattered essence of all these mist creatures rising up into that cloud, and as they do, long, sleek lines of vapory air begin to turn into their own mini vortexes. So there are less monsters, but far more of these little tornadoes, and they begin vacuuming up citizens, for lack of a better term. And that's the end of the round. Oh, God. You watch as damn near half the crowd gets sucked up. What? Yeah. Half the crowd? That's thousands of people. Yeah. It looks like almost half the crowd has just been engulfed. Athena's stomach drops through the fucking floor. Next up, Athena, nine of diamonds, regulators, Joker, Cassie. I got a Benny? Sure, why not? Oh, thank you. Well, I mean, it's kind of a combat situation yeah. and they're on your side. Cassian's four of diamonds, Mist Monsters five of diamonds, Shadowy Figure seven of spades. Regulators are going to go first. No monsters to fire upon, but there are these vortexes, so. There are less people to get out. I would personally enjoy it if they got people out. Let's do what feels like an appropriate role here. Honestly, intimidation. Like, yeah. get the fuck out of here. All right, let's do <laughs> let's do a D8 plus two then. Regulators are more intimidating than they are personable for the average Joe, and that's not yeah. necessarily like you and your crew, but like... They don't so, want to get Vortex too. Yeah. Everybody's trying to get out. Yeah. Eight. An eight. Okay, so they got two successes. We get a shot of one or two of the regulators fire their gun up into the air to try to draw attention and then jump up onto some of the nearby steps and begin barking orders. At least part of the crowd seems to get a grip and follow directions and you see them start to filter out in a more efficient way. So people are clearing out of the stadium to some extent. Athena. Athena is going to continue her path up to the VFX area and would like to shout as she goes, Mm, the warden seemed pretty interested in stealing our citizens. Doesn't seem like something a kind-hearted Caldonic's first organization would be doing. She doesn't know. This is baseless. Is she, like, <laughs> she's she's just, not even up there yet? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, how, how are you getting up there? I would let you do in athletics because you have your free-running thing where you can parkour around. I do. And you have your that mag would boots. have minus two hmm? on account of one arm. Probably. No, not necessarily. The penalty for being one-armed is specifically if you're doing something that requires two hands. You can parkour and run and jump and even climb to some extent with one arm. In this particular circumstance, I don't think the penalty applies. Hey, I'll take it. So I would like to do an athletics then. Okay. To make you feel better, you would have gotten a plus two because of your edge. Oh, excellent. Uh, so, so it washes. So, so let's just say it washes and you can just do an athletics and you only need one success here. D6. Four. Four. Acceptable. Acceptable. So That's yeah. how she lives her life. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm imagining the VFX area is the highest ring on the arena. It's above everything else. So they get that bird's eye view and they can see and position everything. I was almost everything. imagining it kind of like a dugout. Yeah, absolutely. That's so kinda... there's like a barrier wall. We all seen a dugout. It's dug out of the wall. Yes. 
We get a shot of Athena scrambling up over the edge of the window and into the dugout itself. I don't think there is any glass here. I don't think there's any covering just so it doesn't obstruct their view. When you climb up over here, you see uh, a group of people huddled in the corner, bent down with several of the misty shapes looming over them. But there is no direct response to what you've said. I'm going to say you can act here. I, th- I think you. the I'll count the athletics as part of the movement to get up here. I'd really like to cast a burst at those misty figures. Go for it. Doesn't even matter. Save it for the roll that matters, yeah. 19. That is a cast 19. with a raise, several raises. 3d6s, huh? That sounds good. Pickle, I'm rolling hot tonight. That's also a 19. A 19 minus 4, still a 15. Tell me what this looks like. Athena immediately sees cowering people, which she classifies in her brain as has to help. <laughs> she charges over out of breath from parkouring her way up, slides to her knees like a baseball to the plate kind of slide, but aims her hand up and a gout of red-orange fire blasts through these things into wisps. We get that cool point of view shot. Athena, as you're putting on the heat, you can see the flames licking and washing over their bulky forms, and it takes longer than you expect for them to dissipate, but the hotter the fire burns, the more steam wafts from their body until you sear their forms away entirely. You can tell that fire was not quite as effective as you thought it would be. Well, but you it, live and it you did. Learn. It worked. Yeah. It did just fine. Nice. So yeah, there's a dampness in the air as their essence is scattered. Good. She looks at the people to quickly check if any of them is Zeev somehow. It's a group of an Ori, Karnak, two Yara, a human clutching on to one another. They're all in uniforms, representing that they are shard employees. They all look up at you in shock as you come out of nowhere to save them. None of them appears to match the description that you have of Zeev, or appears nefarious in any way. Right. Athena does not spare a second that she does not need to and just says, so where's Zeev? You seen him? They all blink at you in shock. One or two of them exchange a glance. The Karnik, one of the only other frog-like Karniks that we've seen so far, smaller and sleeker than Phil. Light red, dark eyes, black spots. Athena's not going to touch them. (laughs) (laughs) And they gulp a little bit and shake their head. Uh, We haven't seen Zeev for weeks, days, weeks. Looks over to the others and they all in tandem shake their heads. Oh, I should buy it. She thought he would be up here. I think that was a very productive turn for old Athena. Gotta make another roll here. Man. The wind picks up as the foggy vortexes suck up even more citizens. They tumble upwards as the gravity's reversed until their screams are swallowed by the cloud. And those stands are looking pretty sparse now. Did anybody get out? Yeah, the regulators are... Ugh. Yeah, the regulators have groups at the back and are getting them out there, but it's sort of like the first 70% of the crowd, because they were all pushing and shoving and couldn't get anywhere, just immediately got hoovered up. Jesus. Hoovers do not exist in this universe. I was just about to say. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Hoover? Is Who's Hoover a villain? Hoover? Do we don't know. Hoover? Some of the misty creatures drop back down out of the cloud and begin making their way back up the arena walls towards where the Cassians are holding their ground. And the Cassians, what do you want them to do? Get more people out. What do you think they're doing? Persuade? Intimidate? Intimidate? They have big spears! I think think same thing. Let's do D8s plus two, because these people are terrified, so... Bad, but good enough. Five. Five, okay. That is that turn, and I need to shuffle because we drew a joker. Things are looking bad. 
for all these fuckers. I certainly did not expect things to go this way. We're rolling pretty hot tonight, Pickle. We are. Before I draw these cards, let's jump back to Pavi. Pavi's dramatic task. I'm breaking it into three parts, which is the first one is gather everybody on the field. The second one is get the people off the field. And then the third one is get them somewhere safe or keep them from notice, right? So I think the first roll is going to be a persuade if you would like to roll for Pavi. I had her persuade down previously as a d4. Huh. So I think she is probably at a d6 at this point. So I need one success. I'm gonna Benny that. Pavi's a wild card, so she'll get two Bennies. Yeah, I'm gonna reroll the shit out of that one, because that was literally almost a crit fail. Oof, that'd be bad. What's a five? Five is a success. There weren't any modifiers, right? Not for this one, because again, they're terrified. Okay. During that first round, when you were making your way up, we cut to inside the cloud, where you can't see more than five feet in front of your face. It's a point of view shot from Pavi as she's desperately looking around, trying to identify where each individual is that had still been on the arena floor. Pavi vaults off the cooking platform down to Clint, grabs him by the wrist, tugs him roughly, and points towards one of the tunnel entrances just behind them. We see her mouth some words, but not what she actually says. And then she crouches down and springs upward like a kangaroo and flies up onto the other cooking contestant station and grabs Mobius and Dick and gives them a harder shove than she had Clint. A bit rougher, probably. And then makes her way over to the judges as well. So she's congregated them in a group. or That's what she's in the process of doing. Good. Okay, Athena, you ready? Yes. Eight of hearts. Regulators, eight of diamonds. Cassians, two of diamonds. Miss Monsters, nine of spades. Shadowy figure, two of hearts. Okay. First up are Miss Monsters. They are going to tear into the Cassians again because Cassians are holding the line. Uh, They got a seven, which is a success, no raise. Nine damage against their toughness, which is going to shake them. We see these shapes form again, crawl their way back up the walls, only to be met with firm resistance once more. Blades, both metal cast and brimming with Cory energy, carve through the shapes and send them back above. You can see the power of Cory at work around you. Blasts of lightning, gouts of fire, shards of ice are flung through the air. The stone seating of the arena ripples in waves. A small Vel woman with soft features and long hair phases in and out of existence, disappearing and reappearing at ten-foot intervals as she tears the knife through clouds of fog. A woman with a short-clipped mohawk rises into the air with her arms aloft as gusts of wind begin to push back against the hurricane above, ripping and tearing away at the misty forms, tossing trash and loose objects up into the air. Up next, hearts come before diamonds. Athena, it's your turn. Athena wants to try and see anything now that she's at a higher elevation because she knows when Zeev was attacking her and Tuka in the park last season, he was not in the shit. I don't think that would have changed despite how much more juice he appears to have to throw around now. Mm -hmm. Can she roll a notice to look around as a multi-action? If she sees him, she wants to get going that way. Go ahead and make me a notice then. No penalties, just a straight up notice. What'd you get? A crit failed. Excellent. Oh. That's great. 
as you are desperately looking around, grasping for some direction to move in and trying to find out what you're supposed to be doing, would get a helpless moment as you watch more of these people being pulled up into the cloud. Her hair is tossing in the vortex, poking her in the eye even. You feel a stirring from Vi deep Mm. within, knocking on your brain door, trying to come out to some extent or to draw your attention or to do something. And you can feel the purple tinges just at the edge of your vision. What do you do? She wants to crack that door open just a little bit, facing away from people. Make me a spirit roll. Let's see if I'm still rolling hot tonight. Is a four acceptable? Yeah. For for now. Oh, God. Okay. You can feel that tide of energy pushing up from within you, but you are able to exert enough willpower and control to only allow some of it through. A very thin haze of purple over your vision. You begin to see these phantasmal stretches of yellow light and yellow energy brimming in the cloud above, snaking down through every single tendril that is raking through the crowd, pulsating within every single one of these misty creatures below, but it all seems to be channeling up above. And she can see the white hot point of... Where it congregates? Yes, congregation. I don't think there's a single white hot point. All you can see are these webbings of yellow energy stretching up to the cloud itself. From here, you can't see a single point. Are there bigger concentrations, though? Or is it just veins in the cloud? With just a success, that's all you can tell. The cloud has yellow energy running through all of it. You can't pinpoint a heart to it. You can't tell from here. You can exert more effort to continue looking or something to that effect, but that's what you did this turn. Yeah, it's the next turn, I suppose. So we can treat that as a mini dramatic task if that's what you're going to continue doing. Yeah, that seems like a smart move for all Athena. Oh, thanks, Vi. This is amazing. Up next are the regulators, and they're still shuffling people out. Is that what they're doing? Yep. Would you like to make one more roll for them? I surely would. Is it still with a plus two? I think so. Six. Six, okay. The cloud has a total of seven successes, whereas the regulators have a total of four. Mm. So that's where we're currently at. Okay. I think there are several shots fired into the air from the regulators that jar the crowd closest to the tunnels out of their panic fugue and people directing them with lit up quarry batons and maybe even linked abilities to guide them out of the arena and hopefully to safety. We flash back to Pavi, deep within the cloud, on the arena floor itself. I am going to ask for an athletics roll. Okay. And for this barrier, she needs two successes. She has a d6 athletics. Oh, Pavi. Bad. I'd like to re-roll. Okay, that's her second Benny then. This is her last Benny. But thank God we have a common bond. That's a 10, baby. 10 is two successes. That's a success with a raise. Crushing it so far. It's because Pavi's a champion. We flash back to Pavi in the crowd. We see her leading a small group of survivors. Amongst them, we see Clint, Mobius and Dick Richter, Donovan Reno, Granny Gumshoe, and Sekaton. A couple of random helpers who had been out on the field. We see them running pell-mell for this tunnel at the edge of the arena as the mists and vortexes are swirling everywhere. She's running, you know, arms akimbo, and everybody seems to be doing their best as well. We see them disappear deeper into the tunnel, a number of these creatures pursuing them at pace. Hmm. Okay, Cassians, 
Do you want them to help get people out, or do you want them to fight the monsters? How many monsters are looking like there are? Based on what just happened, I'll just tell you what I was doing behind the scenes was the mist creatures can regenerate a wound every round we're doing this. Okay. Whether it's the ones that are already down there healing themselves or new ones coming out. So they effectively dealt enough wounds to destroy the ones that were down there in the first place. Hmm. But then some more poured out. They have done an exemplary job of holding the line so far. I would like them to continue to hold the line. Actually, they are shaken right now, so oh. first I need a spirit. Cassian's probably the D8 spirit. Seven. Seven. Okay, so they can act. Holding the line. Since more are regenerating and coming back down, they need to take care of those. Fighting, or if you want them to frenzy and wild attack, you can add plus two and then they'll be vulnerable. Regular old attack should be fine. Go for it. They do this all the time. True. Not this necessarily, yeah, but not... they probably have a cooler head about it and don't want to get in too deep. That's probably true. They have training. I don't think they're quite as rigid as the regulators in terms of their approach just because of how frenzied and feverish the fights can be. It was a D10, right? Yes. 13. That's a hit with raise. That was 2D8. 2D8 and then a D6 because it's a raise. 22 damage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a blender of metal and Cory energy as these creatures are cut to ribbons once more. Probably some flashes of Cory and the misty cloud from Athena squinting down like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Your vision still has this purple filter over it. As you watch the creatures get cut to pieces, you see that the yellow energy that is within their bodies shatters into emotes of yellow that get sucked back up into the cloud. And then a shadowy figure. Here we go. Uh, and that's a four. So one success against the crowd. Yeah. And Athena. All right. Nine of clubs, regulators, two of clubs, Cassian's queen of hearts, monsters, jack of diamonds, shadowy figure, four of diamonds. First up are the Cassians, who do not currently have any more creatures to fight. They're going to yell at the crowd. Get them out. Uh, Four. I think some of the Cassians are Nakir, because there's no reason they wouldn't be. Maybe some of them unhinge their jaws a little bit to intimidate the crowd as they're trying to get them back, and the crowd just starts to scatter as the regulators pull them back together at the exit archways. So it's like a like an alley-oop of crowd dispersal. Next up, more monsters appear. More misty shapes. 13, that's a hit with a raise against the Cassians. Bad. <sighs> Four, a three, and a two. <sighs> but I have some bennies. No, no, you don't. Yeah, I'm gonna benny Damn one. It. Two, ten, fifteen, twenty. Cassians have a toughness of eight. So that is, again, three wounds that they're going to take here. Can I provide a common bond, Benny? Sure. Athena shouts into the microphone from the rafters Cassians! Turtle up! Damn regulator tactics. D8 vigor. It's a six. Six is one success, so they will take two wounds. You can see that the creatures are now starting to materialize in the stands themselves, too, coming out of the funneling vortexes, starting to flank and surround them more than they had before. So you're able to shout that into the crowd, and it gets enough attention that they're able to round back and form a more solid defense, reducing their casualties. Some Spartan shit. Conceptually, a phalanx would be very effective in the tunnels, 
Maybe that's not the, here. Maybe that's the smart thing. I'm saying that's not their preferred fighting style because the things they have to fight in the tunnels don't come at them in a straightforward manner as that. Maybe sometimes. <laughs> the creatures don't go down without a fight. Grievous wounds being struck on both sides that would fell even the mightiest warriors are struck, but even still the Cassians are able to fight on as the residual energies of the Shard prevent death time and time again. But not all are so fortunate, even in a place such as this. Okay, Athena, it is your turn. She needs to find out where to go, because she can't just start firing into this cloud because there's people in it. And I think she has enough presence of mind to know that. Sure. Because it's where all the people went. Sure. Could Athena check in with her grandmother real quick? Sure. Can Jean carry a person? Of course. Can you tell him where I am? Where are you? She would tell her where she is. <laughs> sure, okay. I've let him know. Good. Uh, are you guys in, in a good, safe place? We hunkered down as best we can. Good. Stay there. We will. Be careful. Uh, well, she can't make promises she can't <laughs> keep. <laughs> so it's like, well. well. So basically, she's trying to summon a ride. Okay. Lepaco, he's definitely still in the area, so I'll say that I'll deal him into the initiative next turn. Okay. And I think he'll be able to get to you on that turn and start to take you wherever you want to go. Cool. Can I do a notice again? Do that, please. Another hopefully better notice. Sure. No. Good spell, well, Benny. Like yes! This is important. Yes! Pickle. 13. 13. A success with two raises. The longer you stare at these tethers of yellow energy, you can see that they're all moving together. There's a method to it. It's not just all random. It's like a um, spider web. When yeah. you look at it, it doesn't look like it's put together really well, but then you realize, oh, this is a, literally a death trap. In this case- Which is our current <laughs> exactly. In this case, it looks like a giant octopus with all these tentacles and everything goes back up into the cloud itself. And the longer you look at the cloud, the more condensed you see the energy funneling towards somewhere in the middle. So I think you do get that moment of aha and you feel like there's something denser up in the middle of it. Pounds her fist on the railing like, God, you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and the shadowy figure. Blew up a six into a six into a four. Sixteen and regulators. Regulators, I just need them to get anybody, anybody out. Sure. Nine. Nine, very nice. Okay, so Pavi, her last thing that I need you to do is stealth. Stealth, okay. What Her stealth isn't very good, is uh, it? Her stealth is very bad. Yeah, it is. And it's doubly bad because she is Nakir. So she is part Ori, part Nakir. She's physically Ori, but from an attribute racial abilities, she's all Nakir. One of the Nakir hindrances is a minus one penalty to stealth because of the rattle they have in their throats and the fact that it intermittently goes off when they're scared, nervous, or angry as just sort of a tick. Pavi's stealth, if I remember, is probably a D4. Pavi has never been the quietest girl. No. Loud and rambunctious, more of a wrecking ball than anything else. So yes, she has a D4 minus one stealth. Okay. And she needs a net two successes for this to be considered a full success. Okay. But this is her last roll. This, oh God, this is the last this, one. This is her last roll. Okay. She but needs, she, she to, needs two successes. For, for a complete success, she needs two successes. Blue before. Two, so that's a, that's a five. That's a five, yep. I'm going to add my conviction 
I think that's acceptable. She's one of your best friends. If you want to make me an argument for how you help in this moment, then I will allow that. Because hmm. it's your conviction. It's a big deal. So if that's a big deal, then I think oh that's my fine. God. What if Athena just starts shouting obscenities in the mic to cover up noises that she might be making? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a minute to figure out what you were saying. A quick couple of shots of them trying to duck into alcoves or through doors to break line of sight. We see them huddling behind a door as these creatures are wandering through, and you can hear Pavi in your head, panting out of breath. Athena, I caught him out, but they're following us. I don't think we're going to be able to get away. What can I do? What do you need me to do? I don't know. I don't think you can do anything. Hold that thought. And Athena just starts shrieking at Steve. I don't think it's coherent. She just wants to be a big, loud, angry distraction. Okay. Because if he's controlling all of these, they might just turn back. That's fair. Could I spend one PowerPoint to be very bright? There is actually a power modifier for that. Really? Glow slash shroud. Glow gives off soft light of an appropriate color for its trapping, and a small blast template centered on the target lasts until it expires. It subtracts two from stealth rolls and negates one point of elimination penalty for those attacking the glowing character. For flavor, I'm okay with it. It costs one point. You're not actually casting a power, but I'm okay with it. She gets up onto the dugout ledge, the railing, and she tries to be a beacon for mods to bring it all here. I don't think Halarishi's here. Well, he might be. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have his schedule. <laughs> <laughs> he has no schedule. Go ahead and add your conviction to Pavi's roll. I don't think she has any bennies at this point. Oh, fuck. What was the roll? It was a five. It was a five, yeah. So you need a three. I got a three! Nice. Okay. Yes! Well, I guess I don't get to roll to see who would have been sucked up in a way. Well, that's a damn shame, isn't it? Can we do it anyway? I want to see who it might have been. Okay. Okay. <laughs> who would have been? Well, let's finish this first. Athena's slew of rambling, incoherent obscenities, quite the far cry from the boasting conduit only minutes earlier. Yep, absolutely. Certainly gives pause to anyone who has presence of mind to listen. Some quick talking points are... Zeev, you fuck! You're a coward! Come on out of that cloud, you piece of shit! Over here! Rat bastard! And also she's a beacon for Lepako right now, too. Sure, so. makes sense. What we see then from Pavi's point of view, they're huddled against this wall with the door ajar right next to them. It's an old storage closet with a bunch of costumes and props and things like that. A lot of colorful pageantry and posters. As we see one of the creatures with these enormous trunk-like legs stomping nearer to the door, ever so faintly we can hear Athena's booming voice echoing through the tunnels. The creature pauses and then turns and goes back the way it came. Does it almost suck back? You oh, know what I mean? Really cool. Yeah, they're made of mist, so they don't need to walk. And the fact that they are very amorphous, we get snippets of normal movement, but then they fade to this blobbiness before reforming when they're actually doing something. It can be very difficult to track them just because they don't they're have just any. Weird. Yeah, they're just weird looking. Pavi slumps against the wall, heaves a sigh, lets her head fall into her hands for a moment before she gets back to you in your head. They're gone. They're gone. I hope that would work. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tuka took everybody else somewhere. You can check in with my grandma to get everybody there. You did amazing. Thank you. All in this together. Don't get dead. That's the plan. I now would like to roll to see who would have been snatched. Ever so curious. All right, so there's... 
I thought about how I wanted to do this, if I wanted to wait it, make it more likely that somebody would be grabbed than another, but at the end of the day, I'm just gonna roll a d8. So number one is Sekatan, number two is Granny Gumshoe, number three is Clint, number four is Mobius, number five is Donovan Reno, six is Pavi, seven <gasps> is Dick, and eight is Reroll. I didn't realize Pavi was in those. Yeah, yeah I know. Oh God. What, a, what a twist that would have been. <laughs> what a twist so sad. Was it two? Granny Gumshoe. Oh no! I've lived a full life. Bye, my autobiography. If if only you know one had gone. Do do one more. If one she more. Would have yeah, one, one more. Who's the secondary? Eight. Eight is a reroll. Oh, it was two again. Granny Gumshoe. Really good. <laughs> Seven. A uh, dick. Fuck. <laughs> Poppy's like I couldn't save everybody, and Athena's just like, oh, what do you mean? Where's my dad? No, it was Dick. Oh, oh. you can buy this guy a drink. Net success. Right. And he was never seen again in his tight, tight pants. At this point, I'm going to say, I'm just going to take us out of the combat initiative. Anything that continues happening will happen in the background because I don't think it's going to matter as much for what we're doing now. Okay. We'll, we'll revisit that after this clears up. You are perched on the edge of the VFX dugout high above the stadium itself, screaming into your microphone, and you see the celestial winged Gene <laughs> Lepaco soar in an upward arc right by you, that reaches is not, his hands down. <laughs> that to, is not a sentence I thought I would have heard back in season one. Well, here we go with his pink purple butterfly-like wings that stretch like an energy netting between his yar legs. And he is going to sail by you at high speed and he has a hand down she to only catch has you. One hand to raise. So she drops the mic and puts her hand up. I'm not gonna make you roll to get picked up by Jean. Shouts where she saw the tentacles converge. Mm -hmm. She looks at him very soulfully and says, Jean, don't drop me. <laughs> don't make us a target. So you're telling him to fly you at the cloud or uh, into the cloud or? Into wherever the tentacles were all meeting. To the cloud. Third person over the shoulder shots as Gene is flying. You're dangling beneath him, soaring in between these twisting columns of fog, nimbly navigating his way up towards the cloud. It still seems like it's getting wider. It's almost like one of those Independence Day shots of you two flying up to this enormous mass above you. As you're getting closer, he just says, I sure hope we aren't about to die. Well, that's always the dream, Gene. There's a moment of bracing as you guys reach what you can see as the edge of the cloud, these webs of yellow energy, and then you break through it. You know how sometimes there are those big soap bubbles that people make, like at uh, Disney World or somewhere? Mm -hmm. That slight surface tension. It's not like water, it's weird. Yeah, I think it's very similar to that. As soon as you break into the inside of this cloud, a couple things happen. You can actually see it's not misty in the way you would have expected it to be. It's almost like a hollowed out shell. Like oh, the, so it is like an eye of a hurricane. It is dark in the cloud. The light of the shard is instantly eclipsed by the edge of the barrier. It's relatively calm. There are still these abstract shapes of mist passing through and around you everywhere, but it's not these creatures, they're just, it's like one of those electrical balls with the beams that are licking against the glass. Plasma if, balls. Yeah, like a plasma ball. Shapes shooting around the inside of it. As soon as you break through, the sounds from outside are gone. It's just like a barrier and they are replaced with a low whistling hum and the screams of the citizens that are still being pulled up into the cloud. 
Can I see the citizens? They're all just hanging out. They're being pulled up and grappled by tendrils of fog, and they're all being pulled towards the north edge of the cloud, which is the opposite side that you've entered from. They're all pulled to that point. But even still, within moments of someone being pulled into the cloud, they're screaming, and then after a couple of seconds, it stops, and you can see that they slump unconscious. Hmm. And as soon as you break in here, you can feel that heat against your circlet, blazing hot against you. And I need to make a roll for Gene. Yeah, you sure do. Gene probably has a D8 spirit. D8? Uh, D6 or D8, what do you think? I mean, he's so zesty. His spirit would yeah. probably tend higher. It would higher. be higher, yeah. So I think a D8 is probably appropriate for him. Is Gene a wild card? Yeah. Four. Four is enough for now. Ooh. As you enter, there's a slight wobble, and you can feel Gene's grip on your wrist slacken for just a moment. Bears back down, tighter than ever. Hey, hey, hey! She's far too high in the air and no wingsuit. Aside from the screams that are dying out pretty quickly, it's eerily silent in terms of the ambience. Is it like a white noise machine? Sort of. You just hear this gently rushing air as the people continue getting funneled to the north side of the cloud. They just pop up from every angle. These tendrils continue pushing them there. Also scattered around are motes of red light being pulled through the air with purpose towards that same swirling vacuum across the expanse. Red light? They're being pulled from the bodies of the citizens around you. Oh, no. A shiver in your chest accompanies a quiver in the purple filter over your vision, as well as a pervasive sense of dread from Vi. Does Athena know how much of that's her own dread? I think that's up to you. Substantial amounts of both. Probably. A disembodied voice echoes around you from everywhere and nowhere. Oh, looky who it is. Finally run into you again. No, you too tough to fall asleep. Hmm, must be that fancy hat of yours. No, I already slept for a couple days. I'm good. She says thinking about last week. It's been a while, but maybe it's a residual. (laughs) You just hear this voice from everywhere in the cloud. And Gene is shaking himself, gripping on to you as he continues flying deeper in. He says, I don't feel so good. All right, I'm going to just one sec. She turns her bracer into a little handcuff, so it attaches her to Gene so she doesn't fall down through the cloud and out of the cloud and to ground. Okay. Gene, you you can do this. Stay with me. Hmm. And he makes a grunt of determination as he continues flying deeper into the cloud. Athena wants to be quiet for a second to see if perhaps this voice gets tired of her not talking and volunteers information. Okay. Oh, poor Silas. He thought you'd save him ages ago. He thought you'd come and help him. How close are they to the destination of the energy that she can see? Jean continues flying you deeper. You see several spikes of this yellow energy through your purple-tinted vision. It swirls in front of you, taking up an enormous amount of space, and it coalesces into a bright yellow circle, almost like the sun. The light continues to spiral until it's down into a pinprick, and then expands back out in a cone. It looks like you're looking at a giant chameleon eye. Huh. 
that looks around a few times before laser focusing on you and contracting into an even smaller point. This disembodied eye made of energy up in the middle of this enormous cloud, and you can still watch all the people being pulled past it further towards the north opposite side of the cloud, where there's another vortex that they disappear into. Athena wants to go into that vortex. It'll take a little bit for you guys to fly across. Oh, you don't have much to say, do you? Mighty brave of you to come on up here. If you want to go and join your friends, far be it for me to stop you. Come on in. Plenty of room for everyone. She shouts up, I just don't get it. You get unshackled or a different color now and this is what you do with it? This is, this is just dumb. We gonna talk about shackles. What about you? Oh, Silas had a lot to say about you. Well, I'm a very interesting person. That doesn't surprise me. As you guys continue flying, this eye is turning to follow you ever so slowly as you make your way across the cloud. Well, if you want to waste what you got, that's up to you. But really, the sky's the limit, ain't it? Not down here. All this goes way deeper than you know. (sighs) Oh, boy. Oh yeah, I keep hearing. It gets less impressive each time people say it, she says. And if she had an extra arm, she would be doing a chop motion. I would like you to make another spirit roll for Jean Lepaco. Oh, come on, Jean. Seven. Seven's a success. This ain't seeming like a good idea. But he continues flying. If you're hearing the same thing over and over, it must mean it's true. Or it means people got a real sense of grandeur about it. Well, how can you not have a sense of grandeur when you can pull something like this? Yeah, I don't think this fucked up thing was on my bingo card of things I want to achieve in my life. The only limits are the ones we put upon ourselves. Come in. Come on down. I'm all waiting for you. I bet you taste even better than Silas. Oh, no. The eye swirls and gets smaller and starts to fly down towards you, moving in a tracking shot right off to one side. Oh, he had all sorts of secrets. It just grows, you know. You get a little and it becomes a lot more. I wonder what you got. Let's find out. Athena, in a moment of brief clarity, tightens her grip on Lepako's arm and says... We gotta, we gotta fall back. He grunts again with the effort of maintaining his consciousness, lets out a cry of frustration, but then starts to peel off in a downward angle. You see these helixes of yellow and red light spiraling through the cloud, making their way towards that vortex at the very back where all the bodies are being sent. I would like to cast Bolt at the giant eye on my way out. Okay. Upcast for much damage. Go for it. That's a success. Upcasted, that makes it 3d6. That's not a lot of damage. I will spend one Benny to re-roll. Go for it. Uh, That's worse. What'd you roll? This is an 8. An 8, okay. It's more a parting shot than anything. It's just like a big purple electric middle finger. He's talking at you as you begin to peel down before you fire this bolt. Might not have been good enough to play pretend, but turns out I'm right fit to be a god. And y'all are gonna need me before this is done when you figure out what's coming for you. In response, she just says, oh, fuck off! (laughs) 
<laughs> Take a penny for that. Thank you. She doesn't have a spare arm to cast a bolt right now. She whirls her legs around almost like how you do when you're in a pool and you're trying to spin yourself around where you have your legs together and you just whip them around in tiny circles. She does that so she can turn around, still dangling under Lepaco, and does this roundhouse kick towards the eye that's tracking beside them. On contact, it explodes with these lightning crackles. Beautiful and purple in the dark and yellow. There's echoing laughter all around you, and you fire the bolt, and you do watch it sink home into the pupil itself, and there's a momentary disruption of his laughter, and he goes, The eye shakes just a little bit and contracts as it watches you fall. As Lepaco is drifting away in the downward arc, eye focuses on you. The last thing you hear before you break through the edge of the cloud again is, I know who you are, Adina. Don't forget, I got Silas. Y'all come and find me when you want to hear what happened to Joel Sheen. Athena pivots her body to turn around to look at him slightly aghast, and then they break through the cloud wall before she can. Mm -hmm. And it's just wet, wet and misty. Very uncomfortable. But as you break out here, you can see all the vortexes are still spinning through the stands. It's pretty empty at this point you do see the mist start to pull itself back up into that cloud, this time like a tornado in reverse, spiraling out and away over the course of the next 20 to 30 seconds into that northern direction, out over the lip of the arena, beyond your sight. Do they just crash land on the floor? Lepaco is in a downward dive to get out of that cloud. Maybe there is a brief moment where he loses consciousness and you feel yourself free-falling before he shakes himself awake and cuts into a glide. We get a shot of you guys what spilling out. What if she out. grabs his wrist and shocks him a little bit? Ooh, I like that. That's good. <laughs> Sorry! That's all Please right. Please don't let us die! As the ground is rushing up to meet them. Yeah, and he pulls up, exhausted, as you two hit, not quite at speed. He manages to break it down, but you roll into a pile. I'm not going to give you any fatigue or damage or anything, but roll into a pile on the ground as you watch the last remnants of mist disappear. It's damp. You guys are both just waterlogged. Is it sweat? Is it water? Who Who knows? knows? You decide. I would like to make the executive decision that Athena's just going to lay there for a minute. Athena... As you and Jean lay in a relatively crumpled heap here on the dirt ground of the arena floor itself, you can now look up and see the dark cavern above and all the glinting lights of the quarry crystals dotting it like stars. But you can't help but remember all of those people, all the ones that you couldn't save. And I will grant you conviction for Athena's inability to stop that from happening. Man, two convictions in one episode, huh? I didn't say it would be balanced. (laughs) Thank you. As you lay in a crumpled heap on the arena floor, you can feel Vi's presence receding back inside, and through your blurry vision, the purple filter also fades. Much like the rest of her energy. Yeah. She has her eyes pretty well fixed on the cavern ceiling, blurring in and out, flaps her hand against Jean's arm and says, You okay? Jean is panting heavily, but flops an arm back at you. I'm fine. Oh, good. You all right? Athena just throws up, rolls over, and just all of her feastable, gone on the ground. Gets closer and pats you on the back, but doesn't say anything. 
she appreciates that. Sort of like, get it all out there, but... She sheepishly tries to cover it with some dust from the floor. Ooh. Begins to push himself back to his feet, much with the help of his Yara legs. He'll extend a hand to help you up. Athena grasps it with more gusto than I think she means to, because she, you know, those adrenaline shakes. Mm-hmm. She just clamps down a little too hard. He matches your grip. When he pulls you up, all the leverage comes from his yara legs. It's like his whole body pulls you up. Hmm. Pretty cool. I feel like Athena's at least partially in shock here. Yeah, almost assuredly. All around you, it's not silence. You hear shouts and screams and orders and noise coming from up in the stands. At a quick glance, the only people that you can see from here appear to be Cassians and Regulators. Athena's looking around, deer in the headlights. Sure, and most of it is up in the stands. You are down in the arena. There are a couple of individuals who have vaulted down and are coming over to check on you and Jean. The arena itself is in rough shape. A lot of the stone has been torn up, scattered at odd angles. The arena floor is in disarray, dirt torn up and scattered. The platforms and podiums have been tossed and smashed to pieces. There are scorch and char marks intermittently, and you do see sprays and flashes of red here and there. I don't think Athena knows what to do right now, because I think that was the worst shit she's ever seen in her life. Probably at least the most existentially terrifying. Regulators will come and swarm over you. Somebody puts a hand on your shoulder. People are talking to both you and Jean. He appears to take point and talking back to them, but we just get one of those shots of your ears ringing. The ringing almost sounds like the wind rushing. Oof, that's good. You got a Benny for that? The garble of voices becomes a high-pitched whining, which transforms into that howling wind you'd heard only moments ago. That sound builds to a fever pitch until Athena finally speaks. We need to go check on everybody. Regardless of what is happening right around her, she starts walking towards the tunnel that Pavi took. She's totally forgotten she can talk to people in her noodle right Mm -hmm. now. You take your dreamlike steps back through the dirty ground of the arena and into that open doorway leading into the tunnel network beneath the shard where we saw Pavi flee earlier. I bet this is a familiar tunnel for Athena. We flash back to a time when Athena had been leaving the field of battle after a failed match, bitter with the sting of defeat. Some defeats hang more heavily than others. Wanders until she finds somebody through the catacombs. She doesn't even know if Jean's still with her. She's just walking. Jean is the one person that is with you right now. We as the audience saw him skittering after you as the other group breaks off. Not saying anything, just following behind you. You round a bend, and Pavi is up ahead, out in one of the open tunnels. Now this is behind the scenes, you know, this is where wardrobe and a lot of storage is, so it's mostly a lot of rooms and doors. She's walking down the hallway and sees you and freezes in surprise, and then sprints forward. Once Athena sees her sprinting, she too is jostled back into a more assertive motion and meets her in the middle. A nice shot of you guys throwing yourselves into one another, throwing arms around each other. Pavi has to lean up on you, but she clasps under your shoulders. Athena's just a slump of a woman right now, so she probably falls more forward than she means to. Oh, you're alright. He took everyone. What? He took the stance. Oh, everyone? What happened? The cloud just started sucking, sucking everybody up. And 
he was funneling them somewhere north, but they were all asleep. He's eating Silas. Eating? What do you mean eating? He said he tasted good, uh, and he's waiting for me to find him. Don't trust him. He's just trying to get in your head. He thinks he's a god or something. He's he's gonna. Why did he take all of them? I don't know, but he's definitely not a god. Well, I've never seen something that big. What could give someone that much power? I mean, we know he shifted. But maybe that... I don't know. Oh, we were so worried. I I couldn't talk to you after you... I don't know, just cut out. Huh. The whole time? I mean, not the whole time. Just after a certain point. Didn't know what happened to you. Maybe it's a barrier? Maybe. I mean, we went in. We went into the cloud. He knows who I am. I mean... Used to work with Troya, right? But imagine what he knows now that he's been torturing Silas for two weeks. She runs one hand through her hair and then both of her hands and rests them on her head as she turns and strides in panic-induced circles, eyes widening with understanding. What do we do? What's he gonna do with that? What would he even want to know with that? Everybody knows so much more than we do. I can't put together these pieces when we're missing all these pieces. It's like I'm making a whole different puzzle. It doesn't even have the right pictures on it. Maybe. We need... We need to go see Anji tonight. Is there stuff ready? It'll have to be. Well, don't tell Tuka that, but... We'll make it work. Because we can't go after... We can't go after this guy if the whole team isn't protected. Because everybody else was just asleep. But I wasn't, so maybe that'll surprise him, and we can just... She makes a jabbing forward motion. Okay, yeah. I don't even want to talk to this guy. We just need to kill him as fast as humanly possible. He cannot be questioned, because we might need to bring Roth, too. Her eyes widen a little bit more at that, but she nods. Taps the top of her head where he has his fancy new augment. Yeah, yeah. We can't bring a whole team of people... If they're all just gonna fall asleep. So we need a strike team. I, I guess I gotta go talk to Roth. Well, he's gonna find out one way or another about this. Might as well be from a first-hand account. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'll go and, um... Well, here. She turns and leads you a little bit deeper down the tunnel to a room. Inside that room is the group of people that Pavi rescued and the group that you had rescued right at the start. All of your loved ones that were on the premises are here, as is Donovan Reno, Sekaton, Granny Gumshoe, Mobius Richter, Dick Richter. Athena beelines for her parents. They both swarm you with a big hug. Hey, congrats. <laughs> a short bark of a laugh. He puts his hand on the back of your head, pressing into your hair. I'm, I'm so glad you're safe. We're all, we're all safe. We're all good. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to Pavi and Tuka, regulators extraordinaire. Pavi gives a small, uncertain smile. Tuka brightens a little bit, though. Your mother Val speaks up, clutching your forearm, pulling you closer. Dia, what happened? Uh, it was another attack, like the fog a couple weeks ago. This one's targeted. It's gone. It's okay. 
the room overall is very quiet when you came in. Any conversation that had existed stopped. Sekaton, Baron of the Called, and one of the sitting council members steps forward. Athena turns her head, but she's still very much in parent town currently. I never seen anything like that before in my life. And I sincerely hope never to need to again. We must call the council to action. Something must be done. Something's gonna get done, Ton. That was Zeev, by the way. Hmm. We need to take stock of everyone who's still around. If you'll excuse me, I have duties to attend to. And begins to briskly make his way to the door. Athena shoots a worried eye over at Pavi about Ton, but she doesn't say anything. We get a shot of Donovan Reno fiddling with a small handheld video camera, looking down at it. Mobius and Dick are over there with him, standing to the side. Mobius is occasionally casting an angry glance over at Clint, but also looks quite rattled, muttering to each other in hushed whispers. Athena's getting kind of irritated at the constant corner muttering from the Richter crew, so she'd like to go over and see what all the fuss is about. Nobody immediately turns to address you as you draw closer. How do you make your presence known? Looming. Donovan Reno turns to face you, his suit dirtied and torn in places, perfectly manicured hair askew at odd angles. He arches an eyebrow. Did you get anything on the camera useful for the ongoing investigation of the disappearance of thousands of citizens that I could just seize as regulator property? He opens his mouth to respond at least once as you're speaking and then closes it as you override him. Uh, well, nothing that I would think would be pertinent to an investigation, just some extremely high-class video footage from the inside that everyone should see as an eyewitness account from me, Donovan Reno. Well, I would like to watch it real quick just to verify. She moves in just a hair closer to his face as she says that. Uh, By all means. And he opens it. Maybe it's like an old-style camcorder. It's got the little <laughs> video screen on the side, presses play, and holds it up for you to see. And it's just shaky cam footage from Donovan Reno's perspective as he's looking up and around at all the vortexes from the center of the arena. Plenty of shots of people getting pulled up and away. The audio is completely screwed. So this is some Cloverfield-looking shit. Uh, if I'd seen that movie, maybe. Oh, <laughs> if it's any given shaky cam horror movie. Yeah, it's just shaky cam footage as he's frantically whipping around trying to get decent shots, and then there's a lot of running and camera pointed at the ground for a while. He pauses where he can to get a bigger picture, but for you, probably the most distinct thing is that there is little sign of yellow light from this side. You were able to see the yellow light and the yellow energy yourself, but that's not apparent from the outside, except for the creatures made of mist. Hmm. There's no glowing, and there was obviously a lot more of it on the inside of the cloud. Well, that checks out. She's holding it and makes sure spools back the whole way to Mm -hmm. make sure that was the whole thing. She used these on the surface. She knows how they work. The people need to see this, and I intend to make sure they do. Aren't you violating some personal discretion? I would think that they would want other people to see this, to tell their story. So everyone knows what we're dealing with. Hmm. At any rate, he slowly closes it and tucks it away into a safe place. As Donovan was showing you this, Mobius and Dick probably... Shrunk back. Yeah, moved away a little bit and were not eager to take part in the conversation. Hmm. Well, I'd appreciate it if you aired it tomorrow, because there's going to be quite a bit of misinformation flying around today. Just let it settle in their brains before you 
traumatize them with more footage. Not up to me when it goes on, but I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. Withhold the truth from the people? I think not. She doesn't want to deal with this right now. I think her eyes just flutter and she walks away. Not fluttering at him, just like up and back into her own skull. Oh, I know she wants Donovan Reno. It's okay. He's just so cute. Is he? No. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout all of this, Cressida has been keeping to herself a little bit behind everyone else, letting them swarm you with affection, and if you catch her eye at all, she gives you, on the surface, a confident smile, but you can tell that she has also just seen something she's never seen before. You know, Grandmother, we can walk you on home, but we gotta get to the highway anyway, so a stop's a stop. Doesn't... we gotta head out anyway. She nods quickly to that and says, Yes, that might be best. At least go somewhere far away from here. I imagine there will be more regulators on the scene soon. Oh, if there aren't already. Athena wants to have a real quick sidebar with Pavi and Tuka in the hall before they all split up. Pavi and Tuka come out with you whenever you gesture to them. All right, so we need to meet up at Pivo later tonight. I mean, it's already tonight, I guess. Early in the morning, I suppose. We need to take care of, take care of brains. I don't know where Zadal is. Athena stiffens. Something occurs to her. Roja was in the crowd. She came to watch. I didn't see her in the cloud, but I couldn't see much. I don't know if I don't know if Roja got out. Tuka looks very shaken by that. Pavi's expression doesn't change too much, but you see her swallow heavily once, and her breathing has definitely picked up as well. She takes to pacing again. Pavi, do you know where she would have gone? Back to the spire, maybe, if it's a crisis situation? If if she was still here when this happened, then she would be with the crowd trying to assist with anyone who needs medical attention. Then I'll, I'll try to do a quick sweep on my way out. No, you go talk to Roth. I'll find her. Okay. I'll find her. At that, she starts to run down the hall without waiting for any additional conversation. She turns as she's going and points a finger back. Just tell Anji that... It's important, and I said, it's important. Be safe. The only response you get is somewhere between a laugh and a cry, but she doesn't turn, continues running, and is quickly out of sight. Athena runs her hand through her hair a couple times, looks over to Tuka with big ol' eyes. Do you think Roja got out? Tuka takes a deep breath in through her nostrils and blows it out. I hope so, but I don't know, Dina. We're gonna find all of them. Plan. Now you tell me what you need me to do and I'll go do it. Um, can you take my parents home? Yeah, yeah, of course. And then go to Pivo. It's a little club, it's only a couple streets away. I can give you the address and let the bartender know that we need Anji to make good on her Athena promise. Okay. And then just, gotta get our brains fixed. Alright. She grabs... Tuka's arm if she tries to turn away to go do stuff and says, don't trust Anji. She's a a snake. Her eyes narrow a little bit and then she bobs her salamander-like head, her tendrils and feathers ruffling. Don't go anywhere with her by yourself. Oh, alright. She gonna give me trouble? I mean, should I be looking for a fight here or what? She attacks people like me. She taps by her eyes. She doesn't know. She doesn't know I have these. She doesn't know. Oh, so all right. she, she, she's not gonna find out. 
then I will not say anything. <laughs> yeah, I'll go find her. Oh, gotta get your parents first. If you see Zadal, I don't know. I don't know where he is, but we need to get his brain fixed before we can do anything. All right. So get ready for minor surgery. She blinks and shakes, <laughs> shakes her head a little bit, mind reeling with this situation, much as everyone's is. But she nods one more time and says, all right, keep an eye open. I'll wait for you. Goddamn, I'll keep two. <laughs> Tuka goes back inside before emerging with your parents moments later. Athena motions for Pavi's parents, Marvin Rui, to come too and says, okay, you guys, Tuka's gonna take y'all to one place. Please stay together, hunker down. We don't know what the next couple days are gonna be like. Please be safe. I love all of you. They exchange one last farewell with you, looking shocked and stricken before heading down the way with Tuka. Athena hollers something after them about conch shrooms, but that's about it. Yeah, just sleeping. to help him fall asleep better. Yeah, yeah. All right, Athena, for the moment, you are by yourself in this hallway. There were still some people in the room behind you, but it is otherwise quiet once more. Athena wants to be back towards people chatter so that wind rushing doesn't come back in her ears. She probably picks up her Aunt Fiora as well for heading out, making sure she gets on the appropriate highway line. Fiora and Cressida are with you, and Cressida says, Dear, we can, we can handle this ourselves from here. You should go do what you need to do. Don't be concerned with us. Your Aunt Fiora nods along with Cressida's words, offering silent solidarity. But I'm very concerned. <laughs> she pats you and she says, We can take care of ourselves for now. Time is of the essence, it seems. Go. Gone. She gives you a steely-eyed nod, a glimmer of pride in there. Athena turns on her heel to start walking out very quickly, but as a parting shot, she does holler back to Mobius, Nice fucking muffins, jackass! <laughs> and she leaves. From the corner of the room where they're all huddled together over the video camera, Mobius looks up and over his shoulder like that dramatic hamster. <laughs> turns over his shoulder, wild-eyed to see you. Like a Nosferatu. <laughs> Fuck. She has enough grit to give him one saucy wink. <laughs> she heads on out. Athena wants to head through the lobby. To the spire? Or she just wants to doing? look at the crowd on the way to the highway. So at this point, in the shard itself, it's hard to gauge crowd size based on what could be in the stands versus what's been crammed into the tunnels here. As you near the front of the shard, it's packed. There are people everywhere huddled. A lot of them are seated along the walls of the tunnel, hunched over for protection and to just stay out of the way and keep the lanes of travel clear. It's packed more densely as you get to the front and you start to see more regulators and Cassians directing everyone. When you emerge outside, you can see that there's almost a constant stream of regulators flying down from the spire on their wingsuits, drifting through the dark sky above. Outside of the shard, there is just as sizable a crowd. Everyone's eyes are still locked on the sky. There's still a great deal of pointing and murmuring, and everyone seems to know the direction that the vortex went. As she's walking through this general area, she wants to keep an eye out for Roja. Like, any hint of those big viney legs. Go ahead and make me a notice. Six. You do not see Roja. Oh, good. Athena's a bit distracted right now. That's fair. 
the general feel of the crowd is awe. Everyone in the city saw something happen if they were outside, it seems. You can hear the screams and shouts and bustle in the distance now. It starts to get drowned out the further and further from the shard you get, but the city itself seems to have a certain energy about it, a certain edge that wasn't there before. And you're going to the... The spire. The spire. How are you getting there? The highway's probably pretty clogged right now, unless they've locked it down. She looks over at Lopaco. Jean, have you ever hotwired a cycle? My instincts are saying no, but I'm hopeful. That sort of depends on what kind of bike we're talking. Um, something down here? No. I know how to do it in theory, but, you know, holds up his three-fingered hands, the over-large fingers and thumb, big and clumsy, not prone to handling electronics well. I mean, I could just fly as... That's something I can do, yeah. I didn't know if you were too tuckered. I mean, I'm exhausted, but we gotta get back there so I can suck it up. Alright, to the skies. Gene will ignite his butterfly-like energy wings once more, lift off, grab your hand, and begin flying in a beeline or a butterfly line to the spire. She shouts up to him after almost losing her grip the second time, like, Gene, I don't love this! Well, you think I enjoy it? Man, you're like a rail. You're all oblong, thrown off by trajectory. My flight pattern here. Shakes her head. Don't give me guff if you can't take it, girl. Damn. It takes you guys a couple of minutes to get there, but you do. As you continue watching regulators flying from the top of the spire, turning slowly to allow the various doorways to aim towards the shard so the wingsuited regulators can fly out. How's the vibe in the main atrium? Probably bad. You guys land on the raised catwalk area of the spire leading into the main atrium. It's frantic, I would say. Activity everywhere, people going in and out. More activity than I think you've probably ever seen at any one time. Athena makes a beeline for Rebexy. Rebexy appears to be doing three things at once right now. There's one woman who is gesticulating fiercely and seems to be yelling at her. There's a man who's brandishing a clipboard in her face. There's a regulator who's banging his fist on the counter itself, trying to shove past the other people, clearly just citizens. Mm -mm. And the queue seems to be getting bigger. Jean, you're not hooked up with... She jerks a chin over to Rebexy. Uh, no, not currently. I mean, whatever we had got knocked out, it sounded like. And we, we weren't point. linked up with her at that time either. What do you need? I just need to make sure Roth is here. He doesn't seem like he likes it when I barge in. I have to make sure he's not somewhere else. I don't want to be playing hide-and-seek in the spire. You know what? Athena just walks over to the main area with Rebexy mm -hmm. and just tries to jump so she can see her <laughs> over the crowd waving her arm frantically. And just says, where's Roth? Athena is taller than the average person, so especially jumping up, it makes it very easy for Rebexy to see her. Thank God. You get a couple of dirty looks from much shorter people around you who are not having the same luck in braving the storm of bodies. She flips open her jacket to show her badge. Does not make them look happier. They don't have badges. <laughs> I didn't think so. We get a shot of Rebexy with her light blue eyes widening slightly as she sees you pop over the crowd on your second or third hop. You can see her jabbing one of her coils off towards the elevator. Athena's final hop has a thumbs up accompanying as she sprints towards the elevator. Mm -hmm. 
going in today. She doesn't have the time. Jean goes with you, okay. And that's why it's appropriate for me to ask you to make a fear roll. This is going to be at a minus two just because of your current state. It's bad. Bad. I'm going to Benny that. Okay. Explosion! And a 16. Quite good. I've lied. How about a 14? That's nearly as good. Yeah. <laughs> Athena, as you and Lapaco enter the elevator and the doors slide shut behind you, there are more bodies packed in here than normally there would be. Ugh, even worse. Yeah. What allows you to push through this moment as you're crammed like a sardine into this elevator full of worried and impatient people? I think she grabs Lapaco's hand Aww. and has her eyes clamped shut. Probably surprised at first, but if you're squeezing his hand, he'll squeeze back for you. She just needs a physical touch to ground her so she doesn't fly off the handle, which would be bad in a packed elevator. This is a circumstance in which maybe halfway there, you think that taking the stairs might have been faster. As the elevator stops at every single floor on the way there, people coming in and going out, it's just a rush like bees in a hive. When it stops for like the third time, she just starts muttering under her breath over and over. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> Similar muttering from others in the elevator as well, but no one is paying it much attention. Eventually, the elevator dings, and it is the floor that you seek where the Arbiter's office, the office of Photius Roth, is located. She shoulders people out of the way to get out of the elevator faster and starts at like a half jog down the hallway. The same deal here, regulators moving in and out. You see mostly yellow badges of office, but you do see purples and blues for inquisitors and pacifiers as well. When you get to Roth's office, the doors are open and you see people occasionally going in and coming out. Athena's just gonna walk on in. Gotcha. You enter his office, Lepaco in tow. There are two additional tables, long, flat tables set up in the middle of his office with a large map of the city laid out. Several regulators stand nearby, holding sheafs of scribble shroom paper and reading instructions off of it, while several other regulators are busy moving items and pieces on the map like figures on a game board. Roth stands behind his desk, looking out and surveying it with a cautious and steady eye. He looks up and sees you enter. Rasmus and Reitz are standing on either side of the desk as well. Proctor Olet Reitz has one hand cupping her chin as she stares down at the map next to Roth, her eyes scrunched in concentration. Reitz has ochre skin and dark hair, dark eyes to match, and when she glances up to see you, they harden in distaste, but she quickly looks back to the map in front of her, pays you no further attention. Oh, good. Delegate Talina Rasmus, with her pinkish-white skin and matching red eyes, is hoisted by her Yara legs higher into the air, so she's looking down at the map from more of an angle, glances up to you, and offers a solemn nod. The single red eye glinting in the darkness, as you can see, one of her eyes and one of her infra eyes has been put out by that slash across her face. Athena gives a very quick regulator salute and says, we were in the cloud. You can take a Benny for how brazen that is, I like that. And is this like a declaration to the room as a whole? Yeah, just to okay. everybody. Your words send a wave of disruption through the people here as all the action and activity pause, the people mid-sentence from reading the papers, all eyes move to you. No one speaks at first. Athena is looking directly at Roth. We're dealing with somebody who thinks he's a god. Roth is standing with his arms clasped behind his back, 
the red Arbiter badge of office glinting on his lapel. His black scales glisten in the light, and his blood-red eyes narrow as he listens to you. And is he a god? He's got a lot of power to throw around, but I don't think... I don't believe in gods. But it seems to matter what he believes, currently, because he just spirited away a whole stadium in front of me. And Regulator Lepaco could back me up on that. He turns to Lepaco, who steps forward and gives a nod. It's true, Arbiter. You ought to hear us out. Roth will look to you and hold a clawed hand out as though to continue. And I'll probably just ask what you're going to tell them here instead of having you go through the shebang of explaining it all. She's going to lay out everything that happened beat by beat. What information does she withhold here? Basically just the bit at the end where he's like, I know who you are, Athena. Let's go talk about Joel. (laughs) Okay. All right. I feel like my Z voice is bad. She walks very close to the desk, lowers her voice and says, he said he's eating silence. The craggy scales of his lips curl a bit as you say that, and you can see the glinting white teeth that lay buried beneath. I would like to be formally reinstated. I know it's a little bit earlier than the two weeks Inquisitor Naveen had stated was her recommendation, but if we have a strike team that doesn't have these, and she points at her circlet, they will fall asleep immediately. I don't know if he's linked, psionic, if he's both... But it's like a one-two punch. He surveys you for moments longer, and then instead of responding to you, he looks around to the room as a whole. Get back to your posts. Continue. Sedaris, follow me. She will. And he begins to move out of the room. He is going to lead you into the hall, down the hall, and into a different room. Hmm. He opens the door and gestures for you to go inside first. She does, but is wary of being locked in a room. When you guys move to come out here, he stops Lepaco from following. He says, no, I'm going to speak to Sedaris myself, thank you. You wait here, please. And Lepaco looks like he's about to argue and exchanges a quick look from you, but then nods and remains at his post there. Athena, you go into the room here. It looks like it's just another office, probably not actively in use doesn't have any personal effects or anything here, just a desk, a chair, a couple of filing cabinets. Roth flicks on the light and closes the door. Roth spends a couple of solid moments staring down at you here in the silence of this room. Do you want to wait for him to speak first, or are you going to speak first? He looks like he's considering or thinking. She doesn't want to interrupt a train of thought because she knows that can be exceedingly annoying. (laughs) She just looks up at him. I don't think she's as intimidated by his stature as she normally would be, considering what she already saw today. Sure. Her gaze is measured and more steady than it would have been earlier. That makes sense. And Athena's, she's six foot tall, Roth is like seven, and he's bulky. Big, bulky. Beefy. Beefy Karnak man. Sedaris, why is it that you have been involved in every major incident since your return? You know, Arbiter, I would genuinely love to tell you, but I was just watching my dad at a cook-off today. Mm. Yeah, festival. One big party, a big old celebration. Gather everybody together. It was a smart target. Yeah. And you went up into the cloud 
Yep. The only one who was able to go up and come back down. Taps on her circlet. Mm, yeah. Takes steps closer to you now, looming a bit. Taps on your circlet himself with his wickedly sharp black claws. You know something. I was willing to play long to see if you'd come clean eventually, but we are officially out of time. You know something. And now, who knows how many of our citizens are lost? I don't think you can blame the disappearance of that many people on me when you wouldn't let me keep working. I think that's pretty brazen for her. I think it is. You see that response flicker in his eyes. Well, maybe I'd have let you keep working if you had anything but a damn fool head on your shoulders. You waltz back in here like you own the place like you owed something. And you know something. I know you do. Zeev has yellow eyes. Like the tunnels. Then what do you know about them? <laughs> Nothing. I'd love to hear more. I don't know why I have to scramble up cliffs of secrets to find out anything in this city. Because you want big cliff of secrets yourself. Now you ready to rush back to my office, kick down the door and tell me something's wrong and you got the best info to go on about it. Far as I could tell, those doors were open. Zeev took Rosia. You say that and you see him starting to... Something is building. But if you say that, it puts a pin in whatever was about to come. And he pauses, his eyes glinting. Leans down a little bit so your faces are closer. And how many other loved ones? How many more people out there? How many more are gonna die or get taken? Or who knows what? What if you telling me could save them? What if me knowing whatever this big secret is you got would help something? Instead of blaming me for doing my job and trying to keep the city safe from threats, from suspicion, from toppers. He leans down and almost headbutts you a little bit like his snout sort of hits your forehead a little bit. Uh, I don't know why you're getting angry with me when I'm offering you a solution. My team has been working to get augments like these for weeks. We'll have them by tomorrow. We are ready for whatever you want to aim us at, because apparently we're the only ones that can fix this right now. I want to treat this as a social dramatic task. You're trying to convince him to let you come back early and to basically put you and your team in charge of whatever this expedition is, right? Yes. So I would like for you to make three distinct points as to why he should listen to you on this. I think you did the first one, that, you know, you guys have been preparing for this with getting psionic mind blocker type stuff ready so that you would not be susceptible to this. I think that's one. Mm -hmm. you, you might have already made them in this conversation, and if you did, just highlight what you said and... We can use that. Your second point is, if what you're saying is true, and I am just at the center of this vortex of terrible shit happening, sending me there is a surefire way to make things happen, good or bad. So at least you know it wouldn't be a dead end. Third point is, he knows what happened to Joel. I'm going to say that for this situation overall, you're going to need a total of five successes between these three rolls. That's a lot. So that, that would be for like a complete and total success. Yeah. This is one of those things where there are gradients of success. So you I can understand. still succeed, but at a cost. 
to me, a complete success for you would be you get your way, you get to do your task force thing, you're basically advising how the operation should go, or at least having some leeway over it. I'm not going to outline the rest. Let's just okay. say if you get five, then you kind of get to call the shots for how you want things to go, and anything less than that could be complications. Gotcha. So your first role about you guys having the brain blockers ready to go, that's a good point, and he understands that, having a brain blocker himself. So I'm going to give you plus two on that. So go ahead and roll your persuade at plus two. Oh, boy. Ten. So that's two successes. Second point was... Was not as good. Yeah, your second point was like, well, if I am involved in this, then like, what could go wrong with sending me directly in there is a bad point Yeah. Uh, to him I mean, least. they're not all winners, Pickles. No, they're, they're she not. She just talks. They're not. No, I get that. So that one's going to be to minus two. I want to add my conviction to this roll if I could. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> Can I re-roll my conviction? Conviction counts as part of the roll. If you spend bennies, you re-roll all of it. Can I do that? Yeah. Wow, bad. Nothing wants me to pass this. I'm gonna spend my last stupid Benny. See it. Sometimes there are wins and losses, baby. That's a seven. Okay, so seven is one success, so you're three successes. What about my last one? Your last one, which is he knows what happened to Joel. In terms of an argument as to why you should be given any kind of power or control over the situation, from Roth's perspective, not a compelling argument to put you in control of stuff because you're clearly emotionally unstable when it comes to that, but he does believe that that will spur you onward and will probably elicit a greater emotional reaction in your endeavoring to have it done. So I think it's a wash. Just roll persuasion. Oh god, here we go. Yeah, yes! What'd you do? Uh, pl six plus... That's an 11, baby! Damn, that's a success with the raise, so that gives you two more, which means you're at five overall. Roth remains silent after your declaration about Roja, and he listens while you make your arguments, his face relatively impassive throughout all of it. By the time you get to the end, he makes a small nod with his enormous head, for the sake of our citizens who are counting on us, who have no other hope, you may be right. You get your team and you get back here. How long do you need? We can be here by morning. We just need to get it installed. Very well. Nothing is happening until you get here. Don't forget that. He turns and starts to walk back towards the door, his enormous tail slithering behind him as he goes, taking his stomping footsteps. But he pauses before exiting and turns back. The need of the public is enough to outweigh your impudence on this one occasion, Sedaris. But don't you think for even a moment that this will go untouched. We are not done, you and I. You have answers, and they will be mine. Hey everybody, just Allie this week. We're uh, quite a bit late with this episode, partially due to the fact that wind was just howling outside of our house for uh, several days, which made it very difficult to record what we needed to to fix up this episode. But if wind interrupted any episode, it makes sense that it was this one. 
For music, we had Crockett and Wave Shaper. Crockett you can find at Crockett80s on Twitter and Crockett.bandcamp.com. Wave Shaper you can find at Waveshaper underscore SWE on Twitter and Waveshaper1.bandcamp.com. We picked up a couple new patrons in the past couple weeks, and I'd like to say thank you guys. Thank you for supporting the show and feeling like it's worth supporting. It really means a lot. But one especially big thank you to Michael. Hope you're doing well out there, buddy. If you would like to become a patron, you can find us at patreon.com slash RPG for you and me. Savage World is owned by the Pinnacle Entertainment Group, who you can find at peginc.com, where you can find all their products. Also, we are at 99 followers on Twitter, which is momentous because at 100, we're doing a giveaway. The prizes are some character portrait commissions that I will do for you. So, hey, free art, come on down. So I'll let you know when that benchmark has been reached. You can find us on Twitter at RPG for you and me and me personally on Twitter at UCTheHat. Also, there is no bonus scene this week. No matter where you're listening from, we hope you're having a safe and as stress-free a week as possible right now. We love you guys. See you next time.